All right, here we go, kids. Heartland, you're going to have to hit the light. I can't see anything. I can't. Yeah, do it now. Do it now. There we go. Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. As far as the summer layoff, as far as the state of the garage address, let's just let's just get as many shows as we can in before Flight Pattern Bob heads to uh, heads to Florida. Okay, Bob, are you cool with that, Bob? I'm fine with that. That's way too loud. Your mic is way too loud. So uh, before <laughs> before we get to our guest, and we got a special one, we really do. Let's uh, let's go through roll call. He is, oh my goodness, I think right on call. He, I usually end with Freebird, but let's do it right now. Here he comes, oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. Bob, before you tell us what it is, uh, the listeners want to know, how's your summer been so far? Been great. Okay, fair enough. All right, go. So what, where, where's that plane from? Atlanta. Okay, how many people are on there, Bob? So 136 souls. souls. How many hot chicks are on there, Bob? Two hot chicks. Mm. Two. That's it. Well, they're going to lose the title of Hot Lana yeah. <laughs> if they don't produce more hot chicks on their flights. So, Bob, we're not going to count that as an introduction. The guy that makes Jack Blades very uncomfortable, and and probably the team, and I, we've got Bengals and Browns fans in the garage right now, probably has the team that can beat Kansas City his, his Miami Dolphins. That's the one and only Night Ranger John, everybody. Night Ranger John. How are you, man? Did you get to see Night Ranger at all this summer? No. Okay. Slow year. Uh, now, you know, Bob, do you want to tell Night Ranger John what you were going to call him from now on? Bangles John. He's going to call you Bangles John. Okay. I think Bob heard Manic Monday on the way to, well, he doesn't work anymore. He's retired. I don't know. Bangles, John. Yeah. John, great seeing you, brother, as always. Great seeing you. Is your sister a Christian? Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, Charlie, you can talk, and I can say your name. It's this, this, here, hold on here. Charlie, everyone just chill. Here he comes, oh yeah. It's fly pattern bound. Mm. It's leaving Columbus. Oh, it's going to Washington. 112. Zero. Yeah, there's zero chi- hot chicks going to Washington. You could have guessed that. I could have told you that. I knew where you're going with that, Bob. He uh, he's he's disgruntled, but we know the softer side of him, and that's Heartland. Heartland, how you doing, man? Oh, see, oh my God, and we turned the lights on. He doesn't he doesn't really like the lights, but we did it, and he actually turned the light on. So I think he's come a long way in this layoff. And I'm going to play this gentleman's theme song. Here we go. Oh, there's a party going on like a double Cornbread, how are you, man? I'm here, man. Uh, some people emailed me and said that uh, they know how many times you've seen Rush. I teased that we were going to talk about how many times you've seen Queensryche, and we didn't get to that answer. How many times have you seen Queensryche? Ten. Ten. All right. How many times have you seen Rush? Eight. 18. Holy cow. Yeah, how many times have you seen Iron Maiden? 15. 
There's a lot of planes too. You've seen a lot of rock bands, and there's a lot of planes Here flying around. Bob, we're gonna yeah. introduce you after this because this is it's borderline freaking ridiculous. Here, what? Do you, it's out of Columbus. Where's it going, Bob? It's going to Nashville. Oh, know a couple people on Yeah. So, how many people are on there, Bob? There's, uh, 130. 130. How many? Let me turn. You know, I'm gonna turn your mic up. How? How many people are on there, Bob? 130. And how many hot chicks? No hot chicks. Mm. Are there any milfs? Not on this one. Okay, and I know you got the update. Are there? Any, you got the update on the app. Is there any gilfs? No gilfs. No milfs. No hot chicks. <sighs> we are. We are. So this guest, this is somebody, this is, look, and we've had a lot of dear friends, a lot of great musicians, a lot of cool people in here, but this is, guys, is this the biggest star we've had in here? Three inches. Charlie, Charlie, man. Uh, You know, when I'm reading this, I'm going to make sure I get this right. It's quite impressive, guys, but these, uh... Progressive lenses just really aren't what I thought they would be. Over 100 million career YouTube views. This cat has 30 solo albums of original material. And he, he's a favorite here in the garage. We couldn't believe when we heard that he had uh, moved to Columbus. We're going to get the entire story. But we've got Charlie Bonnet III, CB3, in, in, in the Hawk's Nest. world? What's up? Glad to be here. Dude, this thank you, thank you, nah, and, and and Holly is is a big part of, of this and and everything that's that's going on for you here in Central Ohio. That, Holly, great. thank you for 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 bringing CB three to us here. I would not be living here if it wasn't for Holly. That's for sure. I, lo- I love Ohio anyway, but uh, no man, I get I'm it, not. I get it. Well, I wouldn't have this bar if it wasn't for Flight Pattern Bob over there. That's true. But Holly's story is a little more special than my relationship with Bob. Your your guys is <laughs> Charlie. You just celebrated a birthday. Bro, yeah. I Happy outlived, birthday, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. I outlived Jesus by 15 years. You d- Okay. All right. We can uh, hold on. Something so, like that. Okay. I, well, yeah, but born a Baptist, Bob. So, okay. Let me see. Times three snakes. Uh, yeah. I'm, Happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday. You, yeah, Happy I'm, birthday, I'm Charlie. I'm blessed to still be on this side of the grass. So, Charlie, we're going we're gonna to hear your entire story because it's, it's, sure. it's pretty incredible. You did bring the microphone. I did. We're all going to pose with that later, if that's cool with you guys. What uh, Does the microphone have a name? The microphone stand, I We're should say. We're still looking for a name. Okay. We all right. Well, we voted on cornbread right here on the show, if you want to. We might get all y'all to uh, name. We're good at nicknames. Say, yeah. We've lost Heartland now. He's just going to focus... You on know, the mic stand. I, I think we're going to name it tonight. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And it was made by Twisted Image Motorcycles in Coshocton, Ohio. Um, my real good friend, Mickey Smith, he runs the Rock Coshocton Music Festival. You're tight with that gang, man. You've got a I really am, co- yeah. good following there. Well, I met his brother. His brother's a cat named Cliff Miller. If you want to stalk him on Facebook, yeah, Cliff we'll Miller. Um, I met him on the Junkyard Tour. I was wearing a God's t shirt. Because I always would every time I was in Ohio. And uh, he came up and was like, bro, I love that shirt. And I was at a junkyard show at the Winchester mm. in Cleveland in 2019. And I've been tight with those dudes ever since. Love junkyard. Oh, yeah. More on junkyard later. Oh, yeah. Because that, that ties into the whole thing. Charlie, I know the answer. You're drinking out of a gas can. Why do you Correct. do that? People oh, ask me man. all the time, why is your friend Charlie Bonnet drink out of the gas can? So... For those of y'all uneducated to the ways of the South, in the South, most mamas say, 
to their kids back in the day, if it ain't raining, your ass is staying outside. Do not come inside for any reason. You're staying out all day until dark. And so I had a canteen that was not quite big enough from my Cub Scouts. And uh, so my mom took me to Kmart one day and I got me a couple gallon gas can and would fill it up with water and I'd go out in the woods and make forts and hunt and shoot my BB gun and drink out of the the gas gas can. can. And I've been, that's a true story and I've literally still been doing it. Charlie, and I don't think I knew the part about your mom taking you to the store. I just figured you'd like, that was like the closest thing. It was bigger (laughs) than a canteen. So, I mean, uh, honestly, dude, you got to be kind of careful drinking out of a gasoline can. So you got to know which one you can and can't drink out of. Where, where, where were you born? Where are you from? Where you call, where was, where did, where did CB3 start? I entered the earth in Manteca, California. Right on. Now, how quick did you go to, to uh, Tennessee? Well, my mom, she's from Tennessee and uh, my dad was from California. This is really weird. My mom's uh, family was a really, really super religious family. Like um, my mom's birth mother basically took my mom and her sisters when they were little kids and threw them in a dumpster and drove off and uh, went chasing men. And uh, yeah, she's a grade A parent. But uh, so the girls got picked up by the state who let their aunt raise them, who I called my grandma B. It was their aunt. And grandma B was super religious. And they moved out west to save the world from the devil out west. Okay. Believe it or not, they moved from White Bluff, Tennessee. They might be beautiful people, but they failed. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. They failed because the devil's still out yeah, there. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty lame. Know. But uh, my mom met my dad at church out there, and uh, here I am. <laughs> I mean, how would you rate your childhood? Uh, I mean, we're not gonna. You don't have to need. Bob's on the couch, so you don't need to lay on the couch. But I mean, was it, I mean because. Sounds like you had some strong women in your life. I had yeah. some of that. No, it, it's really to weird a certain cause, extent because California is a different time. You know, it's like right I was a little kid just running the streets. Uh, I would pick up aluminum cans a mile down the road. I'm four or five years old. Pick up bottles. I wanted to buy records, man. I was addicted to rock as a little kid. When did when? So when do you head to Tennessee? How moved, old were you? Oh yeah, I moved to Tennessee. Just before I started the second grade. Okay, wow. But, so that was the bulk of your of your childhood, wasn't right. So what happened was my mom inherited some money somewhere. I don't know how, but she bought 10 acres of land sight unseen just through the newspaper in Tennessee, and they built the house that they still live in. And wow. what we would do, we would come out for like three or four months at a time from California and live at grandma's house while, while they're building the house. I was technically in the first grade in Tennessee, but we didn't move, move until I started second grade. So when did music, when, when did you notice music? Oh, dude. So music, I lived in Manteca and, um, it's really crazy because we used to go to pizza hut because you could get the scoops of ice cream and the little football helmets. Oh, I was yeah. trying to collect the football well, helmets, yeah. and I couldn't get enough of another one bites the dust. I would play that on the jukebox like all the time, right? So that was the first 45 record I had. So was that into the 70s turning into the first of the 80s? Yeah, that was a big time for me too, And man. so I saved up my uh, aluminum can money, and I bought a compilation album on KTEL Records called Full Tilt because it had Whip It on it by Devo. Hit Explosion was big for a lot of kids, too. Do you remember Hit I Explosion? Do remember 
I do remember. So that was like my earliest. And then there was a guy named Victor, and I can't think of his band, but he lived across the street from my mom and dad. He had a rock band in the garage. And he was the drummer. And they were rocking to the best of my knowledge. You know, I'd go sit over there. I thought they were rock stars. Well, yeah. I was like, wow. I'm like four or five years old. Victor's like rocking out. He tried to teach me how to play drums, but I sucked at it. So uh, I was like kindergarten when I got the bug. First concert. That I mean, that when when it hit you, like oh. I mean, like Charlie, like uh, you know, I want to say like '84. I went uh, for us in, in South. I'm from southeastern Ohio. We would either most of our shows we went to Charleston, West Virginia. Right. That was the quickest drive for us. Was the Civic Center in Charleston? We would if you right. if you got to go to Columbus, if you got to go to Pittsburgh, if you got to go to Cincinnati, that was that was great. Right. But we we went to Charleston. I saw the Fix was my first show. Love it. But my first show right. that was that was when I went with my buddy's parents, but. My first show was was Tesla and Def Leppard. Awesome. Uh, right, right when Mechanical Resonance came Love out. It, dude, I yeah. mean, Modern Day Cowboy sure. had just we had just heard that, so we were Love learning it, about Tesla. Yeah, that's that's when it hit me. That's when I got the book. I love the fix. I, Red Skies. Have you ever done that one live, Charlie? Red Skies, <laughs> or one thing leads to another. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, so tell us about the shows. When so, what was the first show and when was it when did it hit you like that's what I want to do? So there's a couple things that lead up to this. In the 7th grade, I could not get enough rock and roll. Class of 87. I loved Faster Pussycat, I loved Guns N' Roses, I loved the 87 White Snake, I loved Def Leppard Hysteria. There was a guy across the street, he was about 6 7 years older than me. He had all the tapes and records, you know, and uh, he was like the guy that would tape music off for me. And so I got listening to rock heavy in 87. And uh, Appetite had to be a big part of that well, too. Did you sneak into the Appetite or was that no, later? No, I loved all that. So like anything that came out between 87 and 88 and 89, like I had it all, right? So uh, I really got into Long Cold Winter Cinderella Oof, in 88, right? Yeah. right? And that became my favorite band. Bo so, Flight Hunter Bob's a big Tom Kiefer guy, by the way. Without a doubt. So I told my dad, they announced it was May 24th, 1989, Starwood Amphitheater. Mm, that's my senior year. Cinderella Winger and Bullet Boys was yeah. my first rock concert. And I begged my dad. I was like, I really want to go. My dad, at this point in time, my dad was not really into me growing my hair and like and this devil rock that he's into this devil rock and all so so he made a deal with me he said I, i'm not buying you a ticket i, I can't stand this music and i bug him i bug him he said i'll make a deal with you um if you can come up with the money to buy the entire family tickets to this thing we'll go because he thought he's going to stump me. Well, next thing you know, I'm working for the local farmer. I'm picking up beer cans. I'm working down at the car wash. I sold off some toys I didn't want. I picked up a little part-time grocery gig down at the little local market where they would let underage kids get six, seven hours a week. I saved up the money. We were in the lawn because I didn't have that much money. Right. But uh, by God, we were there. What did your family think of that show? Uh, my dad slept through it. Okay. All right. All uh, right. And me and my kids. What was the lineup again? What was the lineup Cinderella, again? Cinderella, Winger, and Bullet Boys. Okay. And so I went out. Probably during Winger, I would guess. Well, the thing I'm is, just, I went and bought just the being a other turd. band's cassette tapes th through the uh, Columbia House because I wanted to know every song that everybody was playing. And I studied that. And like Bullet Boys hit the stage, they got done, they trashed their equipment. I'm sitting there going, man, that was awesome. You know, then Winger, I thought they were really good, and Cinderella blew my mind. And when we left there, I told my mom, I, I told her that I wanted a, uh, from 
Christmas that year, I wanted a big stereo. Now I want an electric guitar. And uh, it's like, God, whatever, you know, whatever. So, but that was the day when we left there. It's like, it's game on. I'm a lifer. Here we go. Get us to now. Now, disarray is when it kind of started for you, right? Because this what this is what's going to springboard us to Correct. to Smo and all, and all of that, Correct. right? Yes, Heartland's disarray. a big. He yeah, he loved that show and everything. Uh, so tell us about tell us about disarray. What, so, and, and give us the give us the year or two so people can kind of follow along. So the cassette tape you have there is from 1995. Um, disarray put out six professional studio records, if you will. Um, that's the first one. That's called Widespread Human Disaster. I was uh, 19 years old when we recorded that. The music in that is like kind of Metallica, kind of uh, corrosion of conformity. Like basically, I couldn't find a singer. Like I wanted to play music that was like more like Skid Row or Slaughter or something. And uh, I never could find a singer for that. So we wound up getting a guitar player that was into like thrash and stuff. We went heavier and I was like, screw it i'll try singing and that was when i and that was when okay so some of that's very primitive i'm i'm not even old enough to be in the bar but uh who did these guys tour with did you guys did um, you get what were some of your bigger shows with disarray um there's a few chapters of disarray um by the time our third album came out we signed with the record company out of new jersey called eclipse records they signed us they signed a band you guys might know from ohio called mushroom head mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they signed a band you might know from west virginia called boba flex absolutely and uh there's a guy named riggs from rob zombies band who had a band called scum of the earth they signed all four of these bands and put us out on the road doing a bunch of shows so at that point in time the main band we toured with was guar um, Dave Brocky from Guar was, uh, my first mentor. He took a liking to my band. Um, for, now for those that just know Guar from the outside, which, which I don't want to say character, but which, which this is odorous. That's odorous. Yeah. So, um, odorous had the same booking agent as I had during the third disarray record. So we did a whole lot of shows with, he had a three piece punk band called DBX, the Dave Brocky experience. And then the actual Guar, like I've probably done a hundred plus shows with that band in various. What'd you think of Odorous? Um, he was very intense. Um, he was not nice to me all the time, but he would, he would, uh, like one time we missed a show with them at the 930 Club, world famous 930 Club in Washington, D.C., and we got stuck in traffic, and, I mean, he ripped me so hard. He's like, I don't care if your mother dies. You never miss the show. You leave hours early to ensure you're at the show, or you can make your stupid little cassette tapes. If you're going to be in the big leagues, boy, you're going to do it. I mean, it was like he, he laid it down, you know. So uh, Odorous produced our fourth CD in the Whoa, face of the enemy. Whoa, yeah. really? And now, for those that don't know the story, he 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 passed away. Yeah, yeah it's and, really and, it's crazy because he's a functioning drug addict. I mean, I love the guy. Whatever he does is his. So it's cornbread, quite honestly. No, I'm but kidding. Uh, so we recorded the fourth. <laughs> you got it. The fourth Disarray album, man. We uh, we uh, recorded at the Slave Pit in Richmond, Virginia odorous he produced it he did vocals on it uh ball sack did guest guitars nice on it. nice yeah and uh so we did shows back to your question with overkill biohazard anthrax uh metal church God. propane listen to these bands like, all my favorite bands prong 
Oh, uh, snap your fingers. Snap yeah, your like basically now I've, I've been educating my wife to a whole different yeah, man. She man. doesn't know this. All music. those bands I saw at the Rosa. Oh, yeah. Like, All those bands yeah. I saw at Al Rosa on a Friday night. But, you know, I was young and pissed off and wanted to rock. Would uh, do you kind of, I mean, do you kind of miss Disarray a uh, little? or You know, it's crazy because... Uh, it sounds badass, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, it like, sounds. I mean, that's a lot of kid, a lot of dudes our age, man. Those bands that you're listing, that's at that point, yeah, right. I mean, you know, like like was, Toby Keith says, what, Willie wrote "Crazy." He could have he could have stopped then. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. But he didn't. Well, I mean, is this, I mean would you, all, my childhood dreams came true. Like we were in Metal Maniacs magazine and Hit Parader magazine and. You know, all these magazines and our record was in stores and Dude, you know, right? it's really cool. Right. Like, but what what screwed us is um I tried to keep it a secret from Eclipse Records that we were working with Guar because Dave Brocky was like, Look, we're gonna get this out on Metal Blade or one of these bigger labels yeah. or whatnot. So I had given we owed the label like a second record, so I gave him that cassette you got there and then some old demos to like compile as like the rarities disc, and he was going to put that out, and then he got word that we were working with Guar, but five weeks after 9-11, we did a showcase up at CBGB's in New York, and Earache Records was going to sign our band. Wow, like, wow. Al Dawson, yeah. we went to his office. And we sat there, and he's, like, laying it all out. And I'm thinking, man, I'm 25 years old at the time, and I'm thinking, this is awesome, and we're fixing to do something big. And then Eclipse got word of it. He said, hey, uh, so I heard that you were recording with Dave Brock. We're like, uh, 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 well, that's the record I want. Brocky's like, no, we wanted to go on a bigger label. And so to make a long story short, it came out on Eclipse, and it didn't – it didn't have the muscle behind it, and uh, it did what it did. But, uh, yeah, that, that really sucked. But Disarray, I do miss it. Um, my neck and my back don't miss it because right. it's very thrashy, and the vocals are more of like a Pantera yelling kind of hardcore sound. My bass player that played in the last three records of Disarray, he was actually in the gas holes for a okay. year plus. So, I mean, you know, it still lives on. But So – when did disarray when did that disband when did it end well um the other cd you have there i did with gary meskill from propane producing we did that in october of 04 or 03 we went down to florida lived with gary for two weeks you've, you've worked with some players yeah. man and this the story's just beginning yeah that's uh tom klimchuk who was in mod and uh also propane he engineered that and gary produced it. gary sings on that album but um, that was in 03, and uh, Gary was going to shop that around and try to get us a deal, and no one was interested back then. They were just like, you know, the, they called me Chuck then. Chuck's band's all outdated, and, you know, we've heard it before, and it's just not innovative enough. And then, ironically, Gary's the guy that said, you know, Charlie, you need to start wearing a cowboy hat on stage to let them know you're from Nashville. And here it is. So propane gave me the cowboy hat idea, but that was 03. So like it kind of dwindled out and we'd play like, like it's really weird. Like during that era, like my grandpa died, my drummer went to jail, my booking agent went out of business, Eclipse Records dropped us, all the stuff in like a six month window. And it's like from that point, momentum was like really hard to get back. So the smoke, get, get, so 
get us to that point because that's when that's a whole other chapter. Um, and you know, we have a, um, you know, we've on this show before we, we, we talk about hip hop all the time. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a few artists that we, we like sure. and, um, you know, and that's, you know, Charlie, that's when we saw you and I'd kind right. of, Charlie, I'd kind <laughs> of heard your name a little, right. a little before that, a little before that, but, but get us, get us to the, get us to the smoke part. And because that whole thing, and there's a, there's a car accident. And yeah. by the way, uh, that's flight pattern. Bob's grandson. Okay. He's a pilot. What's up, man? He, how old are you, Jack? 26. He's 26, 26 years old. Amazing. He is a pilot. Maverick. We call amazing. him Maverick Jack. Maverick's in the house. MJ. He's in the MJ, house. MJ, I love so it, listen, So, all right. So get us so, to, get us to Smo. Did you call, is it Big Smo? It is Big Smo. Right? It was Big Smo until his Warner Brothers deal. Like he tried to get out of it. Now he's just Smo for trademark reasons, I think. But um, so when Disarray was kind of on the outs, I uh, picked up a day job working for a uh, like a it's not a travel agency, but like a promotion company in Nashville called What What a Trip. You'd hear on the radio like win a trip to the Grammy Awards. You know, we would be the ones that would be like coordinating travel and hotel for trip winners. So like I networked and I met a lot of people back then. And, and this is when I first heard of this country rap thing. Like I, I met Colt Ford and, and uh, you know, a few other ones that were kind of start cowboy. Troy was one that was kind of starting out. Right. Cause like another side note, like I went to high school with John rich from big and rich. So they were like kind of uh pioneering that. Kind yeah. Of sound, that that sound. Know? So I was familiar Are with the it. Georgia boys. Are they in that kind they, of? They were, yeah. Okay. But uh, I was mainly kicking around Nashville, like, starving as a acoustic guy and doing the singer-songwriter, trying to get a songwriting deal. And I got a call one day, like, years had gone by, and I'm eating Top Ramen, and mm. and uh, it's the lean financial years, and Disarray's not really active. My bass player went and got married. And so I got That's a it for call. him. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm our, my anniversary is tomorrow. So, so, yeah. Happy anniversary. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got this phone you get to call meet her one later. day. I had this drummer friend of mine in Memphis, and uh, I thought it was weird. Like, I got this phone call. It was, like, it was his wife, and she said, um, is this Charlie Bonnet? I'm like, yeah. Um, well, I just want to know if you wanted to play on an album to make some money. I said, yeah, what kind of music is it? She said, well, it's rap music. I said, <laughs> hell no. Like, you're dialing the wrong number. I was like, you know, hey, I appreciate it, but my Disarray fans already hate my singer-songwriter stuff, so this will just drive it right. in the ground. So I didn't think nothing about it. So a couple of weeks later, she calls back again. Um, yeah, Smo's trying to find somebody that'll sing, like, Skinner kind of hooks or whatnot. Maybe, like, what you think about I said, nah, I'm. I really don't want to do it, you know. And then it's like, finally about the third time, I was like, you know what, man? At this point, I'm in my early 30s. Uh, I need to start broadening the horizons because I don't want to be the guy that has no gig with nothing happening, you know. And uh, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to go out there. So I called Smo, introduced myself. We scheduled a date. And uh, me and one of my former friends went out to his farm, and we were at a four-way intersection uh, in Franklin, Tennessee. And we're at a red light, and uh, this woman in a full-size big black truck had a heart attack behind the wheel. 
flying down the road behind us and hit this car that was parked behind us that had these four college girls, killed two of them, uh, buckled their car, which their car slammed into our car and acted as a buffer. And our car, like, exploded as a little tiny Honda hatchback. Like, there I am, hauled off in an ambulance. Uh, I had a Paul Reed Smith guitar laying in the street. Got ran over by a car. My amplifier, like the side of the amp, all the vinyl was peeled off right there in the intersection, glass everywhere. I woke up, I was in the hospital. And I was like, that's the rock gods telling me. Uh, don't do rap. Yes, don't do rap music. But then Smoke called and he's like, I just want to meet you, man. We just come to the studio. I'll take you to dinner or whatnot. Just, I just want to meet you. So I went out there and me and him totally hit it off. He was super cool. We had a chemistry instantly. I said, well, play me some songs. He played me some stuff that needed hooks. Um, he played me a song called Kicking It in Tennessee, um, a song called Hick Life, and a few other ones. And next thing you know, I'm writing songs with him, and uh, I'm his guitar player. And it exploded. Get us from there to Moccasin Creek. So what happened was Smo met this manager. I won't give his name out, but he's from California. And me and this guy did not click. Um, I was 34 years old at the time, and uh, he came from California and told me, hey, Charles, I know we've been paying you 200 a gig, but here's the deal. Now you're going to be making 70 a show. I'm like, no, I, I need my 200 a gig, you know, which was still low money back then. I was just, that's the minimum. And he said, well, there's 10 other guitar players, younger and better players right here on my phone. I can call. And I said, well, you probably need to call one of them. And uh, I was just trying to hold my own. I was trying to call his bluff. Right, man, but, right. But what led to that is uh, they took the demos that we had recorded and Warner Brothers was calling. And uh, I'd gone to the studio thinking that I was going to the Warner Brothers meeting. And they were like, what are you doing here? Well, I thought we were going to meet with Warner Brothers. No, Smo's meeting with Warner Brothers. You're not. He's signing the deal and whoever he feels like putting in the band. And I was like... I was really pissed about that. Wow. So this little EP called Grassroots came out, and I'm not credited on it, but it's my guitar playing on the song Grassroots. It came out on Warner Brothers Music, and uh, I was really pissed. And so um, we had done a CD called Kinfolk, which was like a compilation of other rappers and stuff, and McCool did some uh, verses on that too. You know, him and this guy named Bottleneck, both out of Florida, and... Um, they were rocking these mud parks down in Florida, and Smo wanted in on that, so he found them on MySpace, invited them up to get on this Kinfolk album, and that's where I met McCool. So uh, McCool quit Smo's band first when he was realizing there's no green pasture to be found. I quit second, and uh, we basically teamed up and did our own thing. So Moccasin Creek, how long did Moccasin Creek last with as far as your your part with the band um so at first this is where the legal loophole happened that got him to own everything at first he was going to do a little six song demo just to throw on itunes just for himself it wasn't moccasin creek there was no band name um and he did like five or six song demo and he wanted me to sing on it 
and he paid me to go down and do it down in Florida. So that's where they got the, oh, it was a work for hire. It was not a work for hire. This is before Moccasin Creek existed. But we got down there, and honestly, we had a great time. He was my friend at the time. Um, we laughed. We were having so much fun at the studio. We said, hey, dude, why don't we just write another six and make a full record? And so there was a manager guy down in Florida that was interested in Smo who agreed to manage us if we wanted to become a band and uh, just go ahead and round out and make a full album, come up with some material. So uh, that's what we did. Not going to dwell on it, but I want to ask you this because it was one of the first staples in the hawk's nest, in the jungle, uh, in the hog pound. When did you write the hook to Porch Honky? <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay. If you could, Charlie, just, just, we don't, we're not going to go, like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to be Leslie no, Stahl here, no, no, but cool. I, I want to know when you wrote Poor Chonky, because that, that hook is, it, it, Charlie, you write a great Thank hook, man. You, man. you write a great hook. Don't ever Thank stop you. writing hooks. Thank you, man. So, and, uh. Poor Chonky was, it was big in our lives, wasn't it, Heartland? To kind of set this up, it's like, you were asking how long was Iron Creek, uh, the first recordings happened in April of 2011, and I was thrown out of the band December 14th of 2014. So three and a half, three and a half year window. So it was the summer of 2014, and uh, we had met with this merchandise company, who I will not mention, but uh, they were trying to like sign a deal with us for exclusive Creek merchandise. Oh, I hear airplane. This is kind of a big part of your life. Charlie, if you want to throw my beer can, go for it. Throw that beer can. Throw it. Just throw it on the ground beside Bob. Throw it over by Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. That get you, Bob? I hope a little shrapnel got you. All right, hold on. That's great, Charlie. Hold on. Yeah, I know, I know. Hold on here. Here we go. Here he comes, oh yeah. It's fly pattern Bob. Charlie, you're going to have to remember. My short term is a lot worse than yours. No, you're going to have to cool. tell me where we are. Bob, what's, uh, where's that flight from? It's flying out of Columbus. It's going to JFK. There's only 98 souls. 98 souls. How many hot? Ch oh, here we go. There's a MILF on there. Charlie, there's a MILF on there. Can't say it to me. My wife. I know. Well, I know. I know. Her. I know. There's a lot of MILFs out there, but on that plane, there is one. Oh. Holly, are you cool with uh, Flight Pattern Bob? He's, he's, it's, it's kind of an acquired taste. It really is. He's like Rush. He's kind of you either love him or you hate him. You know? He's, he's, he is. Dwayne, you and I love Rush. Some people, not so much. <laughs> where, how, where do you stand on Rush? Oh, you're I not going to break our I, hearts. I love Rush. Okay, fair enough. Because Cornbread and I take him. You know, I've never seen. I never got to see him, but uh, mm. all right, Rush. all right. So, so now so, Charlie, let's let's get to the so the poor chunky thing. Where so are you? We were sitting at a merchandise company in Tennessee, and uh, these guys wanted an exclusive on our merch or whatnot, and. Uh, I don't know if we saw a bumper sticker there or we saw a shirt there or what we saw, but uh, something said, I'm a porch honky on it. And we were laughing so hard, right? Like we were dying laughing at this T-shirt. And we were trying to think of slogans, and that's where they came up with the WTF, White Trash Fabulous, the same day. So we had this idea, and McCool's like, 
man, we got to write a song called Porch Honky. And so I was riding in my car, and Lenny Kravitz's American Woman came on. And that's where I stole the riff. I kind of just altered it and put the... And it just flowed out, man. Like, the hook came down, and I told him, you know what, dude? If you really want every ignorant fool on the planet to have this stuck in their head, you got to go... One, two, three. Right there, Heartland. There he is. I said, you got to take this thing Sesame Street, bro. At the end of it. That will be a crowd chant. Right. And, like, we made the beat. We had this this guy out of Arkansas, I think Arkansas, named Eddie Robinson. He took my guitar riff. I wrote the riff. Right. Just for the record, Charlie Bonnet wrote the entire chorus, the entire guitar riff, and and arranged it. And in the song... Charlie, they reference, hey, hey, Charlie, it won't be long. That's right. Well, it won't be long because guess who's writing the damn song? It's it's Charlie Bonnet that's writing the song. So we sent it to this guy, Eddie Robinson, who produced rap beats. He was out of Arkansas, and like he sampled the little Beastie Boys, little feel in there. Yeah. And he sent this thing back. It was just wicked, man. Yeah. And it went viral, and like. Oh, dude. I honestly thought. That was going to be the first song on the fourth album. I thought this is going to launch our band. Like, this is it. Well, it made it out to Pataskala. It made it to the summit. We had three full-length albums before that and, like, a few EPs and stuff. But I thought, this song here is the springboard, and this is fixing to do it. I didn't know that was the swan song. It's it's over. It's over. Okay. And so, so, are you, like, at this point... Before we get to meeting Holly, <laughs> before we, uh, we and a friend of the show, Mike Bowen slash Mike Austin slash Beasley, a big part of this story too. And he's True. one of my dear friends, which is crazy to think how this all comes full circle. But um, are, you, are you disillusioned at this time? Because I mean, dude, honestly, these are like, you know, and I have so many, I, not so many, but I have friends who are in the music business and there's not a lot of happy stories, man. Yeah. There's not a lot of happy stories. Well, how did you, how, at this point, Moccasin Creek and, and everything, and, and like you've told people in other interviews, and like I said, I'm not going to die and sorry you, you or uh, Leslie stall you at this point. I mean, it, go, you can look it up. You can look it up. It's, that's, not the yeah. part of the, that's not the part of the story that I, I want to kind of emphasize on because we're, this is... We're Charlie Bonnet folks here, so that that's how we're going to roll with that. But, I mean, how did you stay positive before we even get to the Holly um, uh, part? Well, it wasn't my first rodeo with getting really close to the pinnacle because Disarray almost had the earache deal. Right. And, you know, just I've always uh, had one hand on the guitar and uh, – one hand on whatever piece of machinery is keeping the bills paid. I'd have side jobs and stuff. So it's like, even when we were quote unquote famous, you know, I was still, you know, working construction or cutting grass or working moving business. So it's like, I always had like, but that helps, didn't it? Didn't that help? It keeps you from floating away. It keeps you from floating away. But it's like, I was really pissed about Moxon Creek because I co-created that. They know I co-created that. Um, they took our chemistry, and then basically for the listeners at home, and I'm not bitter about it anymore. I'm 
I'm not over it because they owe me a lot of money, but uh, it's funny to watch this guy struggling now. It's it's pathetic what he's drags around now compared to what we had. But uh, hey, man, if Elton John gets away from Bertie Taupin, that's exactly shit like, happens. There's a chemistry, <laughs> right. If you 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 get away right. from that 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 connection, you know. The thing is, Jeff's a great lyric writer. I won't take that away from him. He's a driven person too. You know, we are not friends, but the. Two of us together had the chemistry. Right. Yeah. And, you know, after the band split up, I had my first version of my solo band where the drummer could rap all those parts. And we were killing those Creek songs. But the fans wanted him there, too. Yeah. yeah. They didn't accept that music. I, with but him. for those who read the comments, right. those they, they right. want some CB3 as well. Well, the thing so, is, they've yeah, called. Uh, yeah. he's, had, he's had his cronies call me you know call holly to see what could it take to get charlie right, to do it right. it takes making it right where you screwed me and we went to court right man you right know? right but it's like i i got it was malicious and it was calculated and for that standpoint i'm not over it but i'm not dragging that negative energy around with me and let me just say this and i i was listening one of my favorite albums is uh paul mccartney and it's ram and people say it was like some of the first diss tracks sure. were going because, uh, thanks, Heartland. Some people said that, uh, you know, that John Lennon fired the first right. shot at Paul. Well, Paul responded with too many sure. people. And one of the lines that always sticks with me, and it, it, it does, it's like, you took your lucky break and you broke it in two. Right. Let's get, so here we go. This this is gonna. What would you just you pipe down, cornbread? That's just don't. It's on, a right? divorce, like it, it. It is. Hold on. Speaking of. Oh, uh, there's a party going on. It's just been too long. He, he. It helps. You wouldn't think it would help, cornbread. How, how you doing over there, man? Are you good? All right. Isn't this cool? We got Charlie yeah, Bond here, that beer, and man. he's being honest with. He's telling yeah. us everything about this. <laughs> That's one thing you're not. That's one and Heartland. That's one thing Cornbread's not. And that's a liar. Honest? Honest. No, no, no. Honest. No. Well, no. All right. So here's the deal. And I didn't know this until I put pieces together. Charlie, um, years ago. So I worked with a guy named uh, Mike Bowen, Mike Austin. Uh, he is now the tour manager for for Enough's Enough. He also works with Junkyard. He works sure. with a lot of different bands because. He is, he, dude, no, I, honestly, we talk about this all the time and our, uh, our obsessive compulsive, he, dude, no one's like Austin. Like he is, he gets, he, being a tour manager is his job. I can see why he has that. That's his right. calling. Oh, he's great. So I remember years ago we were discussing Charlie Bonnet <laughs> and it's, it blows my mind that I've had him here in the garage a couple different times cool. and we've never brought, he never brought the story up. We, we had talked about you before and we're like, yeah, I'm like, man, I just, I like that dude. He always comes up with the hooks for this band and right. this band. I, I, anyway, so we, we discussed it. So it turns out, take us to that tour. When did, cause we, I want to get you to Ohio now. I want to get you to the, the loving arms of Ohio. So, Tell us when Beasley, how you ran into Beasley 
And because I can, when you told me the story and when Holly told me the story, I can hear Mike's voice. I can uh, hear him saying that to you. Is he one of the coolest human beings ever? Uh, he's, he's the best. He's one of us. I mean, he's so yeah, chill, he, he's a, doesn't have a lot of enemies. Yeah. And, if, and if, if, if you have a problem with Beasley or Mike Austin, I, I, if someone says, oh, you know, Beasley's kind of a then dick. Then it's your problem. Then I know exactly. you're the dick, no, man. You're really the dick. Good, he's a cool guy. So take us to where he's like, hey, I've got this friend. So yeah. tell us how. And that gets you so, to Columbus. This is going to be a little bit of six degrees of separation leading to high meat Beasley. So at the end of the creek, we are trying to find a way. Like before I'm out of creek, we want some guest stars on some songs to try to uh, – Take us to the next level, per se. So gotcha. I have a friend that does tribute albums in Nashville, and he says, dude, you ought to get Tracy Guns. I'm friends with him. I'll give you his information. Reach out to Tracy Guns. So we had Tracy Guns play on a track from Oxen Creek, and I went to – it was on this Big Dogs EP, the Big Dogs EP. Write that down. Okay. But, uh, yeah – so Tracy Guns played lead guitar on a Creek song, and so did Bruce Kulick from Kiss. Mm. And that was because of my friend that hooked us up with these connections. So um, Tracy was not back in L.A. Guns. He was in Memphis doing a Tracy Guns band on a Tuesday night. I went out there to uh, tell him, hey, I've been thrown out of Moxon Creek. And just to enter I'd never met him face to face. I wanted to introduce myself because we did that songs of the Internet. And so, dude, we totally hit it off, me and him. And at the end of the night, he said, you know what? I really like you, Charlie. If there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. Isn't that crazy how when people meet Charlie, they say that? So, yeah. And so I went and saw his band again about six months later. And I said, bro, um, I'm fixing to do this one little EP. Would you be interested in maybe co-producing, mixing, fixing, playing some stuff on it? And he said... Sure. He's like, but the catch is, at the, this time, this is like October of 2016. He said, the world don't know it yet, but I'm getting back with Phil Lewis. You got about an eight to ten week window to get me these songs before I'm way too busy. So I booked a studio in Nashville. Me and my solo band at the time, we tracked those songs. I'm sending it all to him. He's suggesting stuff, mixing, fixing. Lo and behold, fast forward, the CD comes out. We get a whole lot of uh, press on this. I remember and, reading uh, about oh, that. Yeah, I remember reading about it. It was on Blabbermouth. The, so the, good, the good stuff. I get a call to open up for L.A. Guns in Knoxville at, uh, at this pretty good-sized club, you know. And I'm like, well, this is cool. So Gas Holes are direct support for L.A. Guns. Um, this is the first, you know, the end of 2017. And so... We go play the show. It's awesome. Tracy's on the side of the stage watching me play. Like, he comes out and is like, got his arm around me while I'm rocking out. I'm like a nervous mess and all this. But his road manager was this guy, Scotty Ludwig, who actually managed LA Guns. Scotty also, at the time, managed Junkyard, managed uh, Enough's Enough managed uh the choir boys enough's enough is my i don't know if you've seen but oh, like yeah, i've yeah. got it yeah chips yeah. chip chip anyway that's a whole other well, so that's another when episode. we left that show that day scotty gave me his card and he said i really like you charlie you know what i could see you opening for a lot of my bands can you give me a call on monday and uh, us discuss some things and i said sure 
So I called him that Monday, and uh, next thing he gave me was another L.A. gun show, and uh, I did that. And then he said, called back, uh, you want to go do three shows with Junkyard in the South? I said, sure. So I get back from Junkyard. Scotty calls again, and he says, so, hey, uh, you want to go do, like, five or six shows with Enough's Enough? I said, when? He's like, in three weeks. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, let me try to get my money because when we go on the road, you ain't getting paid nothing. You're slinging T-shirts and they're using our equipment and you're basically a glorified gopher boy, but you get to be on the bill. If anybody talks bad of Chips enough. No, he was I'm cool. D- you damn right. He, he was cool. So um, we drive. The very first show is in like Massachusetts. So I go and I pick enough's enough up at the airport, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, up, going yeah, and the irony of this, do is, you have some ax spray well, on you, dude, to spray no, when chip came is, through is we just now got a bill in the mail at our house. This tour was in 2019, a bill saying you ran a toll road at the airport, April of 2019. That's the enough. Stuff. Like these fools had me down running through the damn toll booth. But anyway, that's the day I met Beasley. Because that's the first tour. We did those six shows. He was a great tour manager. Oh, he, he is. Help. He is. He's his, it's his calling, man. Um, He's a good radio guy, too. He put a lot of good word out there. Like He called back yeah. to Scotty and said, you know what? You're right. This Charlie guy is really pro. He's on time. His attitude's good. His band is good. His songs are very strong. The crowd loves him. He's meeting all the fans and greeting. Like They love this guy. He's like a... He's like part used car salesman, part wrestling promo, part TV evangelist rolled into one. He's just this hillbilly guy. They love him. Right. So Scotty said, well, I got rave reviews on your band. You want to go out with Junkyard for a couple weeks? In July and August of the summer, we're going to rent a bus and do it up big. I said, sure. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Charlie got it. Charlie oh, gets it, man. Here he comes. Oh, Holly's like, let's let's hustle through this. This is a big part of of Holly's life too. She's like, now we got to listen to this. How many gilfs are on a plane? Flight pattern, Bob. What what, what do we got, bro? Oh, Chi Town, Windy City. Oh, Midway. I've flown into both there. One hundred fifty-eight. That's a big. That's a biggin. There's a possible gilf. Right. Okay. Dude, like, now, like. year old might think really hot now. Well, you might think that's hot, Bob. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, it's hot. changed. <laughs> and, and Holly, earmuffs, like, I, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, there's guys in the NFL, and when Heartland and I see their moms, they're our age and they're smoking hot. Dude, it's a keep. Oh, when we play keep, well, you just, yeah, you wait to, Charlie, you wait. Charlie, wait. Charlie, wait. So I'm sorry. So, okay. So now, junk, uh, Charlie, take over. Like I said, my short term. So I go and I do this junkyard tour, and uh, Beasley is the tour manager on that entire run, and he's right. great, man. He's uh, He's meticulous, isn't he? And he's dialed in, dude. He's made He sure, was that way in radio, too. He's made sure radio is that's a loss for radio. It really is and, here and in town. He, he took a liking to me, man. Like He's not on my payroll. He just looked at me as, like, little brother or whatever. So, like. We're not that old, Charlie. Well, so I get, I get off this tour in the summer of uh, – 19 and uh 
I see him one more time. We open for Enough's Enough in Tennessee, the winter of, winter of 19 turning into 2020. And then the pandemic hits and the planet goes haywire. Well, it just so happens, like, my personal world went completely haywire. And I didn't know that 423 miles away from me, this young lady's personal world went haywire, too. And uh, so Beasley is the Beasley gets wind of like the crazy stuff that had happened in my world, and he starts calling to check on me to make sure my mental health. That's is him. Okay. That's him. That's him, dude. He, no, mean, that's him. I get me. it. I get it. Like I was at the gym one day, and I'm like riding on this treadmill. I'm like, why is Beasley calling? Because I know there ain't no shows happening. He's like, bro, I was just thinking about you, man. I wanted to make sure you are okay. I ain't talked to you in a couple weeks. Hey, I'm gonna call you back in a couple weeks. And I need you to hang in there because I was depressed, man. It's like right. there's no gigs and and nothing's happening, and you're sitting at home, and there's just a lot of time to stare at the wall, man. So um, we wind up landing a uh, show, kind of it's kind of advertised, kind of not advertised because some clubs were open back, some weren't, and it was in uh, Wapak, Wapakoneta. Wapakoneta, man. And so... They've had I some great shows, Beasley, dude. Everybody talks about that. I don't know if Beasley was like... I need to get to that video. Trying to take her on a date or what. Oh, but, Holly, is that, is that an angle? I didn't know that angle. No, I'm making a joke. Okay. He tells Holly, I got this guy. You need to come see his band because he's playing Ohio. You will like his band. Pause. Holly, you're going to get the uh, uh, flight pattern Bob Mike treatment. You're going to be like Charlie Brown's teacher. We're barely going to hear it, so I'm going to decipher this. How, how do you know Mike Bowen, Mike Austin? Just through radio. Through radio yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Show. Absolutely. Damn it. Right? Right. And, and Holly, off mic, how good was Enough's Enough? Like, they should have been. But Donnie and Chip... That that should have you, you take talk about taking your lucky break and breaking in two. Yeah. Uh, that was I I put that band sure. Oh, okay, so 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 all right. So Beasley says to Beasley you, Charlie. Says, oh come on, Charlie, cheer up, man. You know he's trying to keep me cheered up or whatnot. And he mentions he knows his girl in Ohio. I'm like, I ain't looking to meet no girl, dude. And then he's like. Uh, Telling her, man, I know this guy, this guy in this band. Like, you at least need to check his music out because we took him on the road for several shows and he's fun and kind of funny guy and keeps everybody laughing and the music was really good and I think you'd like it. So she's like, eh, I'll check a CD out or whatever. So um, it's the day before the show. I'm riding in the van. I'm like kicked out in the bench seat. Our bass player at the time was driving. Is that a plane? No, that's a motorcycle. That's a motorcycle. We don't we don't have a theme song for that. Okay. We don't have that's, if if we do motorcycles, uh, Night Ranger John, or, or excuse me, for tonight only, Bangles John. So Beasley <laughs> is supposed to come to the show, and he tells me he's bringing Holly out there, and he wants me to meet her. Right. He's not even messing around, dude. Yeah. That's so cool that so, he picked up on that. But then something happens, and all of a sudden he can't go. Like a couple days later, okay. he's like, "Dude, like I got this call to go do this gig." Can we call bullshit on that? I mean, come on. He's like, "He's now setting you I two can't up." Go, but Holly's still gonna go. Yeah. So I'm like riding yeah, in the van. Beasley. I'm riding in the van, dude. My bass player at the time is driving, and my phone uh, buzzes with a notification, and it's Holly. 
she shoots me a message and she basically says, uh, hey, I'm Holly, I'm uh, Mike's friend and um, I'm coming to the show and I didn't know if there was like a camera policy, if I could bring my camera in or whatever. Like, good uh, good opening line, babe, right? Yeah. Well, she had this character, she, would, she sells makeup on the side. She had this character where she had like this crazy teased up hair and almost like some d snyder looking makeup on yeah oh yeah putting out the vibe girl putting out the vibe this crazy bitch right here yeah yeah i'm like yeah charlie okay it says beauty influencer at pharmacy i'm sitting here looking she looks like d snyder hair is off Uh, she's missing the big bone from the from the Stay Hungry album, but yeah. other than that, it's a like, great record. It's by the way, Holly, right? it's a good record. That's if you're but gonna. I thought, I'm talking about like it's not a love bit. I was saying it's cool. She likes rock and roll. So then I said, you know, I'm riding down the road. I'm a Facebook stalker. So she had just done her. Uh, That's not too cool, Holly. That's not too cool. Reunion. Her school reunion had just happened. So I'm seeing all these photos, <laughs> and she has this picture. She has this big framed photo of the original lineup of Pretty Boy Floyd. I love that album, Leather Boys. Oh. I love that record. I said, wow, this chick knows this band. So I'm like writing her back. I'm like, fuck, you like all the same bands I like? Oh, sorry, you might oh. beat that out. No, we won't, Charlie. I was like, fuck, say it, Bob. So, fuck, uh, c- cornbread. Well, wait, we'll do it later. So that was it. It's like we bonded over just rock and roll. And so... Right. Um, she showed up at the show, and I met her and her dad. And uh, wow, dude, you no, skipped like six steps there, no, Charlie. No, her dad is a rocker. Dude. Well, I'm just saying, but like, you met the dad, like dude. Her dad it's, is that's in, like, like a God's t-shirt. You're checking a lot of boxes there, yeah, dude. Yeah, this is true. But it's like you know, she said, uh, "Hey, can I take a photo with you?" And uh, we took a photo right by her car. And one year later, we went out there and reenacted that photo and took it again. But it's like we started talking that day, and we never quit talking. You proposed to her at a Kicks show, Mm. who just recently was it a Kicks show? Was Kicks right? Autograph. It was autograph. My bad. So it would have been, but the the Kicks thing they just retired. So boy, wouldn't that have been a great turnaround? But no, you did an autograph show. Correct. This was, um, and who was? I'm winger. trying to think who else was. It was Winger. winger yeah. And I bashed Winger earlier. That's Jesus okay. Christ, I'm striking out left and right. No, no, no. And I love Winger. So, I love Winger. It was a thing. Like, honestly, I didn't know back when the pandemic happened. Like, I didn't know if I was ever going to be playing again. Is the world ever going to open up? Think about this, Charlie. Are we all fixing to die? So I was in, like, this mode where I was trying to record every song that I had. I had hundreds of them. I'm going to the studio every week recording three new songs. That's why I got 30 records out now. Because it's like I'm going every week recording three songs so it exists in case I die. Right? That was my mindset. This is 2020 leading into 2021. So it's like Holly was like, the only person that could keep me calm. Like, I didn't know. I was paranoid, panicking. And when you've been playing music your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're not, depression kicks in. And so we would talk on the phone a lot. It's still not a love interest. It's this is my friend. You know, she, and that's, I thought she's a really cute girl. And then uh, she came to Kentucky for a uh, work related thing. And I went and met her. This was February of uh, that one year. And uh, 2020. <laughs> I'm losing my years, 2021. And uh, so she was on a work meeting 
like I'm in the bathroom, like making all kinds of terrible noises and doing whatever guys do. She's on a work meeting on a computer, like totally pro, like talking all super articulate. I didn't know her background was in sales. And I'm sitting there going, man, she's great at talking. So like I pop out of the bathroom. I'm like, you think you could try booking me? She's like, I don't know. Let's try it. Boom. So uh, naturally, she's going to start booking me in Ohio where she knows people and knows bars and knows stuff. So next thing you know. She knows the scene, man. I'm coming up to Ohio. Um, she's officially at this point my girlfriend. Next thing you know, um, we early on, I said, I want to meet the kids because if the kids are against us, we're shutting this down. Uh, we can't do that. She agreed to that. And so um, I bribed the boy with beef jerky and uh, Ritz crackers and Gee. bubble gum and all kinds of <laughs> that's stuff. How we got, that's how we get cornbread right. to show up every Wednesday. I won him real quick, and then uh, I won her daughter real quick as well. And uh, so, you know, it was really fast. I just knew that every time I would leave her house and go back to Tennessee, I'm like, damn. You're man. hurting, man. I'm hurting. Like I was basically commuting back and forth to Ohio every week. And so my mom and dad, it was their 50th wedding anniversary back in 21. I said, bring this on, spring this on y'all mom and dad. I got a girlfriend in Ohio and I'm going to bring her down if that's all right. And so brought her down. And of course they thought she was really sweet. And so then uh, a couple months later I was, eating lunch with my mom one day, and I said, I got to tell you something really, really scary. She's like, what's that? I said, well, you know how I got, like, depression, and I've been dealing with all this stuff. It's like, the only person that can keep me together is Holly. Like, I'm going to tear up on the radio, y'all. No, it's good, man. I said, I think I'm going to ask her to marry me. I've never been married in my life. I'm terrified of this thought. And, like, my mom broke down crying right there. In the restaurant, she's like, I was thinking that too. And she, she said, don't wait. You need to do it because she's a very pretty girl and she's a business chick. And if you, <laughs> she's she a said, business if you chick, fart right? Around, if you fart around with this, you're going to lose your chance. Oh. And you proposed to her That's coming up at a Torah the- Torah show. <laughs> I fucked it up once, so I'm just going to keep writing the joke out. Here we go. Here we go. Twenty-seven years tomorrow. Twenty-seven years tomorrow, and that's just the marriage part. Yeah, it's not exciting, Holly. There's nothing exciting about it. God bless you too, and it's great that you guys met. Flight pattern, Bob. Oh my God, Bob! Bob, you got one job. Hey, I'll give I'll give it to Cornbread. Cornbread's just waiting. Yeah, Charlie slamming beers. Columbus to Boston. Oh, Boston. Boston. It's only nope. got like 64 people on Yeah, there. there's no hot chicks going. There's no hot chicks going to Boston. No, no. Not even after a six-pack and a dare. And let me just say this. You guys, you're a great team. It's and it's cool to see and I can and I I I pick up the synergy Charlie. So That's a good that's a pretty sweet gig you got going here, man. So, we started talking about We'd be a good couple, couple, you know? Yeah. Like, we started talking about this, like, pretty early, like, you know, I didn't know her that well, but it's like, it's just a gut instinct, man. And so, um, one day, we went to the jewelry store just to kind of look around. I'm like, hypothetically, like, what kind of 
well, I like this and I like this. And I'm like trying to like make a mental note because I'm completely clueless to how this works. and I'm an idiot with it. So um, I go back. Um, I drop several uh, four-figure dollar amounts on some uh, rings. And I'm a Holly, Holly, Holly. So she's friends with... Uh, Randy Rand from Autograph's wife, because she sells makeup. Ah, there we go. There's the Autograph connection. She says, Regina Rand is going to get us to meet Autograph. So I get looking at this venue, and I'm like, all right, I know one of these guys vaguely from back in the Creek days that is one of the promoters here. I'm going to try to pull a stunt. So... I put my wallet in my front pocket at all times because I got mugged a long time ago in New Orleans. I always have my wallet <laughs> in my front pocket, right? Who has it, Charlie, quite honestly? So she don't know it. I leave my wallet in the car, and I got my the ring in there. It's about the same size as the wallet, so she don't know. So sure enough, we can't find Regina to get in through the back, so I got to go through the front door, and they're, like, making you empty your pockets. I'm like, Fuck. Right, so I'm like trying to distract Holly. I'm like trying to hint to the guy. I'm like, like I got this wedding ring, right? And so she don't see it. And um, so I'm sweating. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. She's like, why do you keep going to the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know. Why are you nervous? I'm like, oh, my God. Like I, I go and piss like six times. I'm trying to get the ring <laughs> to where when I pull it out of my pocket, at this point I don't know I'm going on stage, right? right. I don't I have no idea, but I'm gonna do something. So I'm like, I don't wanna like whip this thing out and it goes flying into a crowd somewhere. This thing's like Right. Well yeah. You know, I, I I work for a few months for this, right? So it's like I'm trying to go in there and make sure it's right or whatnot. So I find this guy that was a, kind of like a he ain't a promoter. That's a that's overselling him. But uh he kinda worked there or whatnot. Was it in radio? Uh no. Okay. Yeah. I'm just... He will rename. He will uh, okay. rename, uh, remain nameless for this podcast. But uh, he's in radio. I'm just kidding. But I pull him to the side and I say, "Hey, this is what I'm wanting to do." And he smiles real big. He's really excited. He's like, "Cool." He's like, "Let me go run this to Regina." So we're trying to keep this from Holly the whole time. So I... Holly, did you know? Did you have a, a inkling? No. Okay. All right. So she runs it to the band. They're like. Cool. We'll do it between the fifth and sixth song. Uh, they can watch the show from the wings up here on the side of the stage, and then we will uh, make an announcement, and we'll just bring them out mid-set. So I'm like, sweet. So she's all of a sudden you know, thinking, well, this is weird. We're not even sitting in our seats. We had tickets. Now we're sitting on the side of the stage. This is kind of cool. You know, so I'm up there, dude. You had to be freaking out, My dude. My God, dude. Dude, you had I'm, to be freaking out. I'm sweating to death. You'd have thought I was some kind of... Crackhead with the FBI looking at me, dude. I was like scratching, and I'm like, oh my god, y'all got to hear that? I'm a cocaine, nervous mess. And right? this theater is packed, dude. And like, I'm like, uh, I was like, and at this point in time, I was a little bit chubbier. I was like 30 pounds heavier than I am now. I thought I'm gonna get down, be winded, can't get back up. The ring's gonna fly out <laughs> into the crowd. Like I'm just every terrible scenario. So sure enough, they got all right, guys. Got a special thing we're going to announce. And I grab her by the hand, and she's like, oh, my God. And, of course, I grab the mic, and it feeds back, starts squealing. I said, sorry to interrupt y'all's rock concert, but I can't live without this girl. And I took a knee, and I'm crying. And I didn't even wait for her to say yes. I'm shaking, like, trying to get the ring out of the pocket. And she's, like, about to cry. And then, like, I was terrified. I ran off the stage. 
Like, I didn't even wait and take her with me. I was just terrified. I was like, I can't believe what just happened. Flight pattern, Bob. <laughs> Here we come again. I told you. Flight pattern, It's at the most Bob. inopportune times. Bob, what is that? Hurry up, Bob. I got to pee. Okay, jeez. <laughs> what is it? It is a helicopter. Okay. It could be the police. Cornbread. Could be black ops. All right, jeez. Oh, my God. What kind of party is that? We're going to get to your nuptials in a second, CB3. It's all good. That sound like a... What did that sound like, Dwayne? All right, all right, all right. What did she say? Yes or no? She said yes, <laughs> but I had already ran off the stage before I even wait. Like I, I was like afraid I'm interrupting a concert. Well, no, Charlie, this is your moment. I, but I, I kind of blew it in a way. No, Holly, did he blow it? No, no. Well, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So it has uh, a happy ending. This is. Where it has kind of a not so happy ending. This is crazy, right? So Jesus, Charlie. We decide uh, my family's in Tennessee. Her family's in Uh-oh. Ohio. Uh oh. How are we gonna do this? Uncomfortable. You know what? We're just gonna run. We're we gonna off, do. We're gonna run off ourselves. We went down to New Orleans. All right. Well, that's different. Her. Most people go to Vegas. So that's oh, good food down in New Orleans. Better food than out. Vegas. I'll say that. Randy Rand and his wife are flying down there and Randy's going to be the best man or walk her down the aisle from autograph. But this is, uh, where the story, uh, gets really crazy. And I, I can't really speculate cause I don't know what happened, but they, um, you under the influence, Charlie, they never made it to the, uh, they never made it to the wedding. Um, he, Wound up dying down in New Orleans. Oh my God, like, Charlie! Where you, where you read the autographed bass player died? He died in New Orleans, coming to our wedding. What the, uh, Charlie? I don't know what I can and can't say, but uh, he basically fell, and uh, we went and seen him. He was still alive when we saw him at one of their friends house or whatnot and he was on the couch just beat up bad he hurt his leg his leg was swollen up and i never seen him again like a couple of days later he was dead and so that's kind of breaking news people are like why were they in new orleans they were in new orleans because they were trying to be very good friends to us and holy and shit charlie and like we cried the whole well, way how could you not we were so heartbroken by this you know and it's like you see all the autograph drama going on now with the right whether it's going to continue that makes me so pissed off because those guys were all very cool to me and holly and uh, miss regina was super cool to us too. I, I don't want to be in the middle of none of that because it reminds me of the moxie creek split right dude you know what I mean? It's like, I just think there needs to be more rock and roll. But the fact that Randy didn't make it back from that trip and he was down there specifically for me and Holly breaks my heart. It's like, what if what if he didn't like me and her so much he didn't want to be in the wedding? Would he still be alive? Would there still be that? Like, he literally died in New Orleans and he's there because of me and my wife. And that is, it's been heavy well, I bet. It's been on us. It's, it hurts. So that's breaking news, dude. Yeah. 
Charlie, that's that's a pretty incredible story, man. Dude, it's like uh, I couldn't make this up. Dude. Right, it's, it's right. Nuts. So, but I think the happy ending in all of this is that you and Holly have a really strong relationship. It's really cool, right. man. I tell you what, when when you have a support system like this, and Charlie, no one. You're like the hardest working man in show business. You're out every single uh, night. We we know how important Holly is to all of this. I mean, it's cool, man. It's it's, it's a good thing, Charlie. The thing is, I'm a music lifer. Like I'm going to be doing this until I'm dead. It's Obviously, just, Charlie. Yes. I mean, I mean, think about it. The story that you've told us so far. I mean, it's 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 the music business. It's, just it's all the music chapters, business. Man. This is what you chose, Charlie. Yeah. This is what it is. But aren't you? How, how creative do you feel right now? Oh, how do you feel right now? Because you're churning shit out left no, and right. That's good, dude. It's like, uh, you know, now with the band post pandemic, it's like we're being selective. We're doing like fairs and festivals, and like we try to present it as like opening for bigger bands or whatnot. Like, let, let, let's talk about this incarnation of the gas holes because i i know hazard and i know right. like if you play drums in american dog you're you're a right. badass right so and he, and he was man so this yeah. is this is cool you got to talk about this incarnation of the gas holes and then i'll be honest with you charlie we we need to play some music i, oh, I yeah. want people cool. i want to hear you because this there's some things that get played in this garage which is gonna we're gonna come nice. full circle here with with everything, but talk about this in, incarnation of the gas holes. So, gas holes was basically like the way Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I never wanted it to be Charlie Bonnet and something. It's just all the good band names are taken, man. And I thought, you know, uh, I'm going to capitalize on people knowing the CB3 thing from the previous bands and all this. So the band is going to be Charlie Bond the Third and the Gas Holes. And I was running it out of Tennessee. Um, I had a couple players I was using. Uh, the drummer was giving me problems. Actually, his wife was giving me problems. Anyway, uh, the bass player I was using in the in the uh, past couple years was from Disarray. Me and him are still cool, but I couldn't keep commuting to Tennessee. And rehearsing and commuting back to Ohio. It was like, this is nuts. Turns out there's enough here, right? You wouldn't think that. And and Charlie, it's even getting, as we go along here, we talked about this off, off, off mic. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a great scene here. It's, it was really kind of challenging because like I put the word out and a lot of people responded and like, I'm at like a weird age to where like, I don't want to have to bring in like younger kids because I I don't want to have to chaperone out here on the road and keep people together. I need a seasoned player, right? So when Hazard said he was interested, I thought, first of all, American Dogs, my favorite trio ever from this. I just area. I just saw awesome. Hannon over the weekend. I, I just yeah, God, I mean, God, like, I love that band. I love Salty Dog. I loved well, Salty Dog. Just, just Come along. Ha- Hazard's pedigree. It's like he's already played in a power trio. Right. Gas Holes is a power trio. And uh, I thought, man, like, if we click as people, like, it's a no-brainer. He's the guy before I even played with him. And uh, he's great. That's man. great, man. And he's just – he's awesome. He's got the best attitude. Um, he – 
He's got a great feel for all the music. Um, he's realistic. He knows we're not going to be Van Halen. You know, it's like we're going to be grinding it out, doing shows, but, you know, we're not going to be out on extended tours or whatnot unless it's something we can't live without doing. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of Weekend Warrior and a show yeah. here, show there. But he's got another band, cover band that he does too. And then um, I got this guy named Pete Schold who he actually makes basses. He's like a world-famous bass designer. And uh, he was friends with Mickey and Cliff, who made my mic stand. And, that is uh, so bad. Yeah, I was in Kashocton one Maverick day. Jack, what do you think of that, dude? Look at that. It is badass. Yeah, you know, We're going to name it tonight. We are Did naming Did you know it that? Tonight. We're naming it tonight? So what's crazy is uh, I was at a place called the Army-Navy in Kashocton, Ohio, doing an acoustic night or whatnot, and... Uh, Holly was filming a video of me in front of the sign that had my name. Right. And this guy walks up, and I said, oh, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, I'm Pete. I'm here to see you. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I want to be your bass player. And I'm like, really? And so took his name, number, and everybody's like, yeah, like this guy's like a really, really good bass player. Like you really need to check him out. So I gave him like 10 songs to learn. He drove two hours to our house uh, with his bass and uh, we could have been on stage right then. He had it down. I was like, I told Holly, like, I want to give this guy a shot. I think it's time to move the entire gas holes thing to Ohio, base it out of Ohio. Boom. And, um, Boom. He, he's the one that actually went and poached Hazard from the cover band. He went down to the band, to uh, Hazard's band and watched him play and said, hey, uh, I'm playing with this guy, Charlie Bond. He's like, oh, yeah, I know CB3 is. He's like, well, he's, we're looking to put a band together. We think you're the drummer. And the next thing you know, he hits me up and says, Hazard's in. Let's practice at his house, and it's done. Disarray, Moxon Creek, Gassels, your, your solo stuff. Yeah. Do you still like just writing music, oh, man? Yeah. Isn't, isn't, isn't that what it's, it's – yeah. it, when you create mm -hmm. something, it's still – It hits me usually in the middle of the night. Uh Sometimes I tell Holly, don't say nothing. I got an idea. Hang on. I got to go write it down right now. <laughs> you know, like driving down the road or something to where I can kind of zone out. Music hits me, and when it comes to me, I write it down. Can you play a couple – before we put a bow on this. We can. Can we play some songs? Yeah. Are you, are you going to – and, I'm, Charlie, I want you to just kind of – can you – here's the deal. Cornbread gave me a mic stand. Oh, man. Okay. And the mic stand has a Kiss Love Gun uh, seat cover on it. That's a good friend. And I think it kiss. looks awesome. That's a good friend. Like I told the guys, I told uh, Bob and uh, I told Flight Pattern Bob in Heartland yesterday. I said, hey, look, like if, if Charlie wants to stand up, if he wants to sit down, it's cool, whatever. But I really want to keep that Love Gun cover on the on the stand we could have done whatever sure. charlie we can do whatever you want i can sing right here charlie you sing right there so here's what i this is um uh, and 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 holly she's like hey you know what would you like charlie to sing so i i kind of want to go in the order that i brought it up to to holly because cool. a couple of these these first two songs and the third one's going to be really special because i want to tell you a story about that and i kind of hinted to you about that one but these are songs that we play here in the garage. These are songs when our friends come in, we share your music with other people. We 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 do. We we're always we're always 
It's cool. Before we even knew you were in Columbus, nice. Charlie, and now that. it's now you're here, no, and we didn't cool. know, no, and no, there's this whole thing, family. and so uh, to drive to drunk. Let's let's Sweet. let's let let. I just want to hear. And should we should we start with hillbilly rock star and then do two drive to drunk? I mean, to kind of keep it. Yeah. Um, two drive to drunk is <laughs> is big, and and you know what? It's, there's a reason we're starting with that. In that video, CB3, I don't know if you know this or not, and I think if you look around, you see the Steve Largent, and you you see that, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the hawk's nest. Right, right. In that video, you know who noticed what game you were watching? Right. Charlie Bonnet. That was a Seahawks game, bro. Yeah. And it's and if you if you it pause was. it, there's a millisecond where if you pause it. You can see, and I've told everybody. I was like, "Dude, they're watching the seat. They're watching the. Yeah. They're watching the Hawks, man." So anyway, so, tell tell us about the making of that video. Uh, uh, Heartland, myself, we're we're bit, we like Bubba Sparks as yeah. far as the rap goes. We I think he has a great tone. I think he has a. He, he, there's something different about oh, him. I he's unique. He's the same reasons I love Everlast. Is, are the reasons that I that yeah. I that I that I like Bubba Sparks? So talk about the making of that video. So I'm not from the rap world at all, but um, when it's I documented now, Charlie, we know when I did that CD, it was with a crew of guys that had this thing called Damn It Boy Productions, and they were wanting to record a Moxon Creek record. And uh, when that all fell apart, they said, "Well, let's just do some songs for you." And I was like, well, sweet. That's how come it had like the hip hop kind of production or whatever, yeah. right? So um, I had the song Two Drive to Drunk, <laughs> but I just had the hook. I was going to pitch that for the Fourth Creek album and get, well, get yeah. some rap. I mean, that's, on that. well, yeah, it makes sense. Because I thought we would we would start with Porch Honky and then we'd have Two Drive Drunk. That's the one, too, man. That's you the, would think. That's you the would one, think. too. So, okay, well, if I'm out of the band, I'm taking this hook and I'm going to do my own song with it. So I went to the guys. Um, the guy's name is David Ray, who helped me with that. He actually, uh, he's pretty famous now through Jelly Roll. He did the Jelly Roll album that, that's huge. David Ray did uh, my Valdosta album, him and a, and a guy, uh, John Connor. That that need a favor. Like, I, I've... Oh, it's I, huge. No, it's huge. But, uh, the but, guy, but Charlie, when I, when I listen to your music, it's... Finding the hook, it's <clears throat> right. finding a clever. Right. You've got that, man. You've so got that. I was saying you created that as far as that whole genre you, goes, man. Charlie. You did. So we used to have a, a rap there, uh, no pun intended, like a stage rap where I'd be on stage with like Creek. I'd be like, "Who's the drunkest fool out here tonight?" And they'd be like, "Woo!" I'd be, like, "It could be you. It could be you." And then I'd grab the gas can and I'd say. I'm too drive to drunk. I ain't coming home. That was just me talking, right? Before it was ever a song. And I thought, oh, that could be a song, right? But uh, so when I went to uh, John and David with him, I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I got this hook, and uh, I just want you guys to just rap whatever you want on it. I don't even care. Just freestyle. Just It's about watching a ball game with and, your buddies and, and your telling ladies, your girl your that you're bitching yeah you man coming home and you're, right. you're too trash to grown in lime that's right. mine so uh, i could probably do it charlie i'm just we did the <laughs> track and it's like and uh i'd never met bubba sparks he did that 
like either over the internet or on a dead studio when I wasn't there or whatnot. But uh, I told them, I said, you think you get him to do a video? And they're like, I don't know. Because to me, he's a big star, man. Well, yeah, I mean, the, dude. This booty song was huge right, right. and all that. I mean, that's not my kind of music. But it's like, you can't deny the guy was like on a major yeah, label, yeah. But like a big artist. Oh, we're going to be talking about Huey Lewis here in a couple songs, yeah, Charlie. So, it's so like, you're, it's all good. Yeah, so... Uh, he agreed to do it, and uh, and basically their whole crew came out, and we went and ordered food, and they all got a bunch of beer, and they made some labels that said CB3 beer. Those are on. great, man, when they're and, opening uh, up the fridge. And here's the deal. We, we treat YouTube almost like we treated – and we talk about this on the show all the time. We treat YouTube like we watch YouTube the way we watched MTV. Without a doubt. Because now – and like I said, man, and, and yeah, we'll, as we doubt. go along, I'll, I'll tell you how we discovered another one of your, your songs, actually a cover song, which it's, it's amazing. We'll get into that in a little bit. But when we watch YouTube, we watch it the way we all gathered around in the mid-'80s to, to watch MTV. So if you haven't seen Two Drive to Drunk – Go see it. That is a uh, that's a that's a Seahawks game that that CB three and his friends are watching. Uh, it's very it's clever, it's it's catchy, and like I said, Bubba Sparks, man, I, uh, that's cool, man. That you told me that he's a he's a good dude because that nice that makes us happy. Like, I the rest of the assholes and your story, uh, we're done with. But but it's it makes me and Heartland happy to know yeah, that Bob, like, Bubba Sparks was super cool to you. I don't know him, know him other than this project, but like. Every time that I've been affiliated with him, he, let's he let's could, give us a little bit of it because be cool. it's just it's yeah. very clever, Charlie. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. So back to that game going on, we were afraid if we showed too much of the content of an NFL game that the account would either get banned or flagged or the video would get pulled. So there takes a dork, it, takes a twelve. I'm to, impressed with you, like realizing that that's <laughs> what that is because it's like yeah. Well, know. if it was a Finns game, I'm sure that Night Ranger would have noticed. What do you got, Charlie? Let's hear it, man. Two drive to drunk. All right, I might screw this up. It, it, that's cool, man. I just want to hear like I want to hear the I love the origins of yeah. it. I love the backstory. Oh yeah, yeah. So I will preface this by saying last week I did four shows in a row, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon on acoustic. So if I sound like I've been gargling broken glass and chewing on sandpaper, no, it's CB3. because of that. All right, two drives. We got a plane coming? No. No, we're good. All right. Yeah. All right, I thought, I thought We I won't stop it. a song. Don't <laughs> stop the song. Okay. We we That's the one rule with Bob. No one... All right, let's see if I can mess this up real good. Here we go. I said, hey, little lady, in case you didn't know, I've been drinking nonstop since the game came on. Corona Lime has got me feeling mighty fine. Drinking Jack straight, I can't walk a straight line. It's 1 a.m., I should be long gone, but I'm too drive to drunk and I ain't coming home. I'm talking about the dogs in the tide, I'm talking about y'all coming inside. I'm talking about the beers in the fridge and the reefers lit that's party tonight. My wife, my bitch, just a little bit. I ain't too concerned with it when I'm feeling it. I tell y'all I'm a degenerate. Truth is, though, she's far from innocent. I'm drunken, but I ain't drive. I'm thunking, but I ain't bright. Can't see straight, I don't wanna be late. My bitch, something, it ain't right here, little lady. 
case you didn't know, I've been drinking non-stop since the game came on. Corona Lime got me feeling mighty fine. Drinking Jack straight, I can't walk a straight line. It's 2 a.m. I should be long gone, but I'm too dry to drunk and I ain't coming home. Hang on, let me get it. I drink too much every now and then when it begins. Who knows how it ends? Just me and a few friends partying. All good until your head starts to spin. Slow down. Told myself, take it slow. Said I was done three drinks ago. Had a couple beers and a few shots. Just dropped $3 in the jukebox. David Ray and Bubba K did the same. At this point, I don't know won the game. I lost focus. About halftime, that Corona and Lime, yeah, that's mine. That shot of Jack, that's mine too. Y'all like to party like I do. Not a dull moment, and it never is. Time to call the wife, tell her this. Hey, little lady, case you didn't know, I've been drinking nonstop since the game came on. Corona and Lime got me feeling mighty fine. Drinking Jack straight, I can't walk a straight line. It's 3 a.m. I should be long gone, but I'm too drive to drunk and I ain't coming home. I've been here since the game came on. I'm a little too drunk to drive. Somebody better call my girl and let her know I ain't coming home tonight. I done had too much Jack, too much Corona and Lime. I'm here alone y'all leave me alone just fine why is that by worried about me man can't you see i'm showing up with my bros that's how you go when it's archie and cb3 and i said hey little lady in case you didn't know i've been drinking non-stop since the game came on corona and lime got me feeling mighty fine drinking jack straight i can't walk a straight line it's 4 a.m I should be long gone, but I'm too drive to drunk and I ain't coming home. <laughs> yeah. Charlie! Charlie! Yeah. Charlie! Rock and roll. Charlie Bonnet. CB3. Yeah, dude, say it again. Heartland, let him know. Heartland, tell him. Tell him, Heartland. Dude, you. No, dude. You don't know what that means to us. No, dude. You and Holly are going to be long gone. You're going to be back where, wherever you go. And I'm just yeah. telling you, we're going to listen to that fun, over and over again. And we're going to be way more fucked up than we are right now, Charlie Bonnet. Just letting up. you know. I'm fucked up. That's why I had to say, holy hey, shit. <laughs> holy shit. And my partner in crime. Heartland. Heartland. Oh, dude. Dude, right. Yeah, come on. Man, that was fun, man. Thank mm. you. Mm. Yeah, right. Thank you, God. All that right. Was fun times. Man. Yeah. Two drive to drunk. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Let, okay. We're moving on. Cool we're moving song. on. Well, we're moving on. Charlie, that was flipping amazing. Like, like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, but we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Is there something else you want to say about that song, Charlie? Say, say it. Go ahead. No, I've say done it, Charlie. A rock version of that mm. with the gas holes is kind of cool, but like no, that's the garage version. You just cannot beat the rap. Those guys had so I much know, fun. Man, it was so good, and they and, wanted to be there, and it was fun time. Man. All right, all right. 
if you would, when it's all said and done and we stop the recording, would you watch the video with oh, us? Yeah, though? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so That's funny. where babies come from, Heartland. Go it's out so in the yard. Because, like, <sighs> like, that was my four-piece band Dude. before the gas holes that's in that, too. I had a, a little four-piece band called <sighs> Charlie Bonnet and the Rebel Ways. And it's like, it's just funny, different chapters that I look back, I'm like, wow, man, I'm like wearing a Bullet Boys t-shirt. I used yeah, to be dude. friends with that no, guy. No, 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 we know the video. I told you, that's it's a Seahawks so game you were watching. Yeah, it's Charlie, a trip, man. Like, here's the deal. Like, I, I want you to do that again. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've got it forever and ever. And that's going to, Charlie. All good, bro. This is probably the first when they played uh, House of Pain, uh, Jump Around in, in, in Madison, Wisconsin. That's kind of what this was. No, you know what? Hold on. And we don't do this a lot. He doesn't have a theme song, but he's Night Ranger John. What did you think of that? Blown away. Blown away. Blown away. That's big for us. Next song we're going to do. Now, this is Hillbilly Rockstar. Right. You played this on QFM. Which I was really excited to know that when I threw this by Holly, she's like, yeah, absolutely. Look, just let us know what you want Charlie to do. We're, we're, okay. we're in. We're in. We're in. So this was another one. This is uh, now it, I, the version you did on QFM, which is probably the version we're going to get here, I thought was phenomenal. Sweet. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, the rock version that we always pull up, and, you, and if right. you, when you see my search history, it is. Uh, it'll be you, it's going to be uh, a lot of kiss, and then probably that uh, 1983 Seahawks season. Various things on so the dark I'm just, web. So there's, there's going to be, yes, there's going to be a little bit of that. But that version of Hillbilly Rockstar, when uh, you guys rock it out, do the gas holes, do you guys right, we, dabble? Okay. We rock it. We I, rock okay, it all right. And that's and trust me, that's going to be a great version. It's not going to be as good as the one you hear now. It will be, Charlie, but I'm just kind of yeah. trying to sell my podcast here. Right. It, this so, this is going to be really really cool. There's these you you don't have to pick a favorite in this. No game. no. So uh, hillbilly rock star was going to be a Moxon Creek song on the fourth record too. You seeing a pattern happening here. Yeah. So um, they actually recorded and changed all the lyrics, but right. my melody. It was one of those things where they're like, oh, the secret ingredient is Charlie Bonnet. Well, we got rid of him, so let's just take his stuff and try right. to just, it's like old Coke and Coke classic is like, not like And, and Charlie, Coke. when I said that earlier, here's the thing. And, and we're like, like you're, you're staying above the fray, oh, yeah. and, and I will too, but when you go through the comments, that has to make you feel good, man. When you go through the comments and you see guys like me and Heartland and, and Cornbread and Flight Pattern, this is, we're, we're there's more of us than there is yeah. them. Well, the thing is, aside from comments, it's basically a, every show now, people come up and they're like, man, I wish you'd get back with them. And I, right. And I'm always the high road. I say, you know what? I appreciate you liking that material and listening to that. It's not going to happen. Um, Hillbilly rock star. But so they they did their thing that's been kind of tossed around. Where did it come from? You tell was, your story uh, now. I mean, what we're gonna. I had this song before I ever met Jeff. I had my version. This hook 
was just I'm constantly fuck riding, yeah you did I'm writing stuff uh, hooks down and like one liners and stuff I got notepads and just like stacks of like ideas and when it hits me it hits me and so it's like I had a uh, idea just basically telling my story of being I did get my first guitar when I was 13 and I was playing along that's with your story Charlie oh, yeah, that's, that's your story. story that's your story so um I brought it in to Creek, and I was just going to leave the verses blank and let him write his story, and I'm going to leave the chorus the same. And then when that all went south, well, I'm going to write my song the way it's supposed to be anyway, so that's what this is. It's just my story. Here we go. Charlie Bonnet, CB3. Got a little hillbilly rock star here on Garage Days. Megan Mountain name is a hillbilly rock star Who'd ever think that a man could go far Taking my roots of down home Dixie Mixing the blues of old Mississippi Yeah, well I'm topping it off with this old flat top guitar I'm a hillbilly rock star As a child, I loved to sing. I got my first guitar when I turned 13. I played along with my radio. A little touch of cocaine and Curtis Low. Me and the boys, we had a little band. We were touring the country in an old Dodge van. Uh, we were making our name as a hillbilly rock star. Who'd ever think that a man could go far? Taking my roots of down home Dixie, mixing the blues of old Mississippi. Yeah, well, I'm topping it off. With this old flat top guitar, a hillbilly rock star. You know, I travel all across this land, playing real life songs for the common man. I got a rebel flag, got a Skinner sound. Trying to make old Archie proud With a Marshall lamp, a Les Paul slung low Got a cowboy hat, got a country draw And I'm making my name as a hillbilly rock star Who'd ever think that a man could go far Taking my roots of down home Dixie Mixing the blues of old Mississippi, yeah, well, I'm topping it off with this old flat top guitar. I'm a hillbilly rock star. That's where you get your cigarette lighters out. Your beer cans. Not a lot of cigarettes around here, Charlie Bond. <laughs> Your phone. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm making my name as a hillbilly rock star. 
thing that a man couldn't go far. Taking my roots down home, Dixie, and mixing the blues of old Mississippi. Yeah, well, I'm topping it off with this old flat top guitar. I'm a hillbilly rock star. Hillbilly rock star Charlie Bonnet. Right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Charlie, this is okay. Can uh, Fly Pattern Bob, I don't ask a lot. Can you give me a beer? Oh, man. I know. Oh, Charlie, it's not that big a deal. I want a Miller Lite. The ones, the big, those are 16 ounces. That's the new deal. That's the new deal. It's certified. Did you buy? Yeah, you got them. Yeah. $12.99, but they're they're, uh, 16 ounces. Just say no, Charlie. Hold I on. love it. No. no, I love it. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> it's 16 ounces. Hold on, Holly. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like 30 years ago, Holly. Oh. He's about to be hitting the tree. Here we go. Holly Joe, go ahead. It's, uh, do it at the Hawk's Nest. Here we go. Anywhere, girl. Do it. Except at Bob. Oh, oh. it's on the couch. It was on the couch. That's all right. That's all right. Do it again. Yeah. No, it's no, 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 no. You having fun, Charlie? Dude, how, how, dude, Charlie? Seriously, I know, dude. This is we have so much fun doing this, and the people who listen. They say they have fun with it. We've it's uh, it's been a few months, man, because just everything that's gone right, on this summer right. and C six and C seven. Uh, yeah, but I'm back, Bob. Yeah, I'm yeah, back. Bye, dude. Hey, we're glad you're back. Um, so yeah, get it. All right, no, there's no Dice Clay fans listening. Who's your favorite comic? CB three. Uh, probably Sam Kinison. Oh, and nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. We're big Dice Clay guys. If you. Do you remember uh, when the, the day of the laughter mm-hmm. died? Yeah, it's like a very dark. Although I can say that the new kid that's real famous is from our neighborhood. Matt is, Reif? Yep. He's from our street. Like He used to live three houses down from us. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, which is really crazy. Good for him, man. No, no. I've heard that guy, that I'm kid has him. paid his dues. No, I'm proud of yeah. him. Yeah. Like yeah. When you see his stand-up where he's like talking about the uh, gas station and the market is the same place. The grocery store is the same place. Like, that's Steve's market, like literally a mile from mile away. Like, like he's referencing, he's telling real stories for about where we live right now. I'm going to tell you a story, Charlie, for this last song. And this has been an incredible, an incredible night. I can't wait to get this edited. I'm kind of slammed, so I think it's going to be next week, that's Charlie. All right, man. Oh, yeah. And that'll save you the text, Cornbread. When are you going to get it done? Get to work. So. And by the way, what do you think of uh, that is, uh, I know it's the Hawk's Nest, but uh, that is Willie. That is the uh, garage mascot. He has a CB3 keychain on one of those antlers. He's a bad, he's a bad Yeah. Well, yeah. He's a bad ass. Yeah. Hey, 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 Cornbread. Whatever, dude. Hey, Cornbread. Uh, Green Wave just scored again. Did you kill him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, dude, that's, that's, anyway. Did you, did There's you a little bit of a, no. My father-in-law did, and there's some uh, 1991 down in Washington County. Uh, I married a, a girl from from my area. It was it's kind of crazy how it all worked out, but we we met in college, 
And uh, yeah, so the, her dad, Claude, is Claude the best guy ever? Nice. Shh, he's awesome. Uh, gives us shop wood nice. to uh, burn. Nothing burns like shop wood. Nice. There's a song title, Charlie. If you want to take it, go for it. Uh, but that there's something to there's something with the uh, antlers. You know what? I'll take a picture of it and put it on the Archie Facebook. There's something different about that one. Yeah, cornbread. There, no, no, don't don't mess with the hat. But there, yeah, it is underneath there. You're right, bread. Some there's something weird with the antlers, but it's it's uh, makes it a a rarity. And that was and so anyway, Claude gave that to the hawk's nest. So uh, here, Charlie, let me tell you before we we got one more song. I want to tell you a little backstory on why I asked you to play this, why I sent it to Holly, and Holly's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." So a week ago, my buddy Doug Blessing, he is a singer for a band called Rock House here in town. He's in Florida, by the way, Heartland. And I think he, then I think he's going to Scotland. He, dude, he's always overseas, man. The dude travels. So um, he's like, he he he, uh, he calls me last week. He's like, hey, man, uh, you want to hook up, man? I miss hanging out in the garage. He just loves coming out and hanging out with us. He said, uh, the the wife is, uh, she's going to be out of town. He's, Can I come? I said, sure, dude, come on. So we just sat, had a few drinks, and we were doing the YouTube mix. Heartland comes down. And, and and CB3 Charlie, you're in you're in my mix here, and and have been for years. Appreciate you. Um, so it came up, and we're like walking on a thin line. We're like, that's you, Ida Lewis, man. Yeah. Any Gen Xer that sees that is gonna be like, dude, that's you, Lewis, and like that's a deeper cut yes, on is. the sport album. Yes, it is, Charlie. It sounded phenomenal and it was almost and i told you this before we even started recording i'm like it was almost like a dan baird or a you totally own this song Thank you, man. you totally own this song yeah that's uh talk about this and and how you decided to even because dude like you you do like i didn't bring this up with holly but your version of freight ends of sanity oh, yeah. i freaking love yeah. listening to that man and and you and you lend it to yourself and it sounds like a cb3 song well the thing is it's like i technically make my living on an acoustic guitar and it's usually at a moose lodge or eagles or at a bar and grill or whatnot now and it's a garage bro well and a lot right yeah and a lot of these gigs yeah. people will request something and uh if they're throwing money at me, even if I don't know it, I'll make something up. And so that's where Huey originally spawned from. Like, I kind of knew the chorus. I was like, man, I'm finna really screw this up. Like, somebody's like, you know any Huey Lewis? Like, I'm going to fake it. Like, the, the $20 bill that hit the tip bucket uh, right. looked good to me. I wanted to have it. So I fumbled through this. I got to make everything a Roots Rock song for it to fit my vocals. Like, I have to make it Steve Earle-esque for me to be able to present it but it did when, it. when we heard it we're like oh we gotta we gotta listen to this and and like i said it was almost like a like a henry lee summer right. or like a georgia satellites sure. type song the way you transform this let's do it now this is this is thank you charlie yeah, for do for doing this but this is uh cb3 doing uh, uh walking on a thin line this is right. a uh huey lewis in the news cover you're gonna dig this gang <laughs> check it out here we go Sometimes in my bed at night I curse the dark and I pray for the light 
Sometimes that light's no consolation Blinded by memory Afraid of what it might do to me And the tears and the sweat Only mark my desperation Don't you know me, I'm the boy next door The one you found so easy to ignore Is that what I was fighting for? No Walking on the thin line Straight off the front lines Label these freaks Loose on the streets of the city Walking on the thin line Angry all the time Take a look at my face See what it's doing to me Taught me how to shoot to kill A specialist with a deadly skill And a skill that I would need To be a survivor It's over now, so they say But sometimes it don't work out that way You're never the same once you've been on the fire Don't you know me, I'm the boy next door The one you found so easy to ignore Is that what I was fighting for? Walking on a thin line Straight off the front lines Labor on his freaks Loose on the streets of the city Walking on a thin line Angry all the time Take a look at my face And see what it's doing to me Don't you know me, I'm the boy next door The one you find so easy to ignore Is that what I was fighting for? All right now Walking on a thin line Straight off the front lines Labor on his freaks Loose on the streets of the city Walking on the thin line Angry all the time Take a look at my face And see what it's doing to me Yeah! <laughs> Charlie Bonnet the third CB three, walking on a thin Man, line. That was fun, dude. Dude, Charlie. Dude, can I do one I, more song? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get a bonus. Yeah. And, and, and let me just say this before, and I'm I'm taking you on that that you want to do another song. Um, 
thanks, man. This is so cool. This it's buddy, been man. a while since we've done something like this out here. Uh, it's been it's been a rough summer here. Nah, so it, it's been cool, man. This I knew this was the first show yeah. that I wanted to come back with, and it's cool, man. And you, and well, you didn't disappoint us. I like hanging because here's the thing, dude. It's like as you know in radio, people come up like wanting to be your friend just because you're a guy in radio. You know what I mean? It's like you never. No, like, like I like you as a human being. You know right. what I mean? That's right, man. Right, if right, I was right. Charlie Bonnet, the guy with a hand missing and with my left hand picking up aluminum cans, no one would even. They run. I wouldn't ask them. for you, E. Lewis. I'm just quite saying, honestly, it's like it's point. the fact that it's the CB3 character. So it's right, like, man. No, I, I get it. When I get, I get it. I get I it. I get with, it. I get it. I value it. You know, but what I mean? but know that. We love oh, yeah. no, we, I mean, we just we love the music, Charlie, and we and it's this is this is huge for us. This is huge for you us. Guys are like real we appreciate cool it. We appreciate really it. Cool we really people. truly do. So I was gonna do this is like this is like Joe Rogan length. I'm digging this. Cool. This is like I'm taking the whole look at Fly Pattern Bob. He ain't done recording. Hey Holly, he's got you. We'll yeah, get you uh send it to Holly. I'll I'll throw you I'll throw you for a loop on this next one. So Talk then kind of set it up for us. So here we go. All right, this is extended garage is days. CB three in, in, in the garage. Hawks it's going from three inches to four inches. Mm. Bragger, uh, you guys said you like the hip, the hip hop music and all that. I'm gonna tell you a little story. The first Creek song we ever did was called Dixie Fried. I don't know if you saw the Dixie Fried video. Let's do it, Charlie. Are you familiar with the song CB three? Laid so out. we were on our way down to Florida, and we were in the god-awful abyss known as Atlanta, Georgia traffic, dead stop. Oof. It's rough out there. And there were like two or three classic rock radio stations. Uh, we didn't have satellite radio because it's either before that existed or we we're just too poor. Who cares? It's taking money from my children. Yeah. So uh, My kids need to eat, Charlie. On like two of the three of the classic stations, Georgia Satellites was playing. I was like, Jesus Christ, can you beat me to death with this keep your hands to yourself? <laughs> so I started. This is the behind the scenes how this song came to be. Okay. All right. It was playing the little A chord riff that everybody knows from, you know, a little change in my pocket. I just started going, I'm redneck, white trash, straight up out the trailer. Man, it just came out of the sky. And I just started kind of singing the hook. And he's like, whoa, remember that, dude. We got to write that. And so we wrote Dixie Fried stuck in a Georgia traffic jam. So I'll do that for you right now. Here we go, CB3. I'm redneck, white trash, straight up out the trailer, man. I'm dirty, ain't gonna lie. I got clothes out in the yard watching me some NASCAR. A country boy, Dixie Fried. Dixie Fried, come inside. It's a redneck nation, join the ride. White trash, you can call me that. Dixie Fried, as a matter of fact, got a dog in the yard on a 20 foot chain, lying in the back where my dirty clothes hang. I ain't cut my grass since last July. It's okay, gonna tell you why, cause I'm a redneck, trailer park king. 
Backyard ain't missing a thing. Above ground pool makes the neighbors drool. Ass over shower and a homemade toilet stool. Yes, sir, it's a car in the back. Sitting on blocks, a 64 Cadillac. Get inside and it won't ride. It's how you know we Dixie fried. Red and egg white trash straight up out the trailer, man. I'm dirty, ain't gonna lie. Got clothes out in the yard watching me some nice car. A country boy Dixie fried. It's a way of life, it's the way we live, it's the way we eat, how we raise our kids. You can call us trash, say we ain't smart. I made a want more from a Walmart shopping cart. Old city folk getting mad at me and my palm all toast. Making fun of my overall tan. Sit back, smile, now they lie in my hand. Extension cord is right in the yard. TV on and I'm watching me some NASCAR. Box fan is right in my face and I hope there's a wreck somewhere in the race. Whole time we're sitting outside, old ladies in the kitchen making burgers and some home fries. Oh, here we go again. Dixie Fry, bring all your friends. Redneck, white trash, straight up out the trailer, man. I'm dirty, ain't gonna lie. Got clothes out in the yard, watching me some NASCAR. A country boy, Dixie Fry. I'm CB3 and I speak the truth. Camo shorts and steel toe boots. Truck a hat and a drinking hand. Trailer park is my island man. Wife and kids, I won the prize. Redneck, white trash, Dixie Fried. Nation of rednecks, stand up strong. Dixie Fried, y'all sing along. I'm redneck, white trash, straight up out the trailer, man. Dirty ain't gonna lie. I got clothes out in the yard watching me some NASCAR. A country boy, Dixie Fried. Oh, Dixie Fried. Change in my pocket, going jang a lang a lang. CB3, and and really the the irony, Charlie. The irony out of all of this, this entire podcast is being powered off a freaking strip. It's going off the light post out front in Pataskala, Ohio, on the summit. Thank you for doing that. No, bro, that bro. was huge, man. And that means and you, you, the reason you did it is because you know what it means to these guys. And, and uh, you could tell how enthralled we were. And it, thank you. Thank nah, you. Thank you. Fun, thank dude. you. Like, I, uh, I enjoyed it. CB3. And if, if we need to get a mic for Holly a little bit better than Flight Pattern Bob's mic, let's do it. Uh, if people want to uh, up, uh, upcoming shows, now I'll get this out next week, CB3. So okay. uh, think about that. Any upcoming shows where people can follow you? I mean, where people can listen to your music. Dude, like I, I do Pandora and it's like, my God, dude, like your list of songs on there. Yeah. And like, I know that's not everybody's thing. I know people do Spotify and stuff like yeah. that, whatever. But it's like, my goodness, man, the library is deep and it's thick. Yeah, I, yeah uh, Heartland, deep and thick, bro. Yeah, you know, bro. my thing is, uh, if it comes to me, I write it, whether it's a quote-unquote hit song or whether I'm just writing it to kind of get it out of my mind so I can go to the next song. So I put everything out. Some are winners, some are all right, some are bangers, some are rock, some are acoustic. If it hits me, I put it out. I run it up the flagpole and see if they salute. There, You have one that I would love once we turn this off. 
I want the people to know that you're going to maybe play. Uh, uh, was, it, was it another country song? or Do, do you know what I'm talking about, CB3? Uh, I probably do. If you pull it up, I'll, I'll be Yeah, able to yeah. It. But it, it's it's a nice play on words. Uh, you know exactly oh, yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can necessarily Yeah, yeah, we won't. We In won't. fact, yeah. my uncle got really mad at that. Remember that, Holly? My uncle started like... This is an uncle in California that I see about once every 10 years, and like his granddaughter. Who well, let's not. Well, then let's not do I'm it. Saying, let's not upset I the met, family. Who I CB3. met one time, and like I didn't even have his number in my phone because she got me a new phone when I moved up here. I was like, who is this from a California number? I mean, just. They were bro, mad about that song. Saying, You've got a young audience and these kids, and blah, blah, blah. I said, there's a friendly advisory sticker on it. Yeah. And let me, let me tell you this, Charlie. That is so clever. Like, never change. Charlie Bonnet never change. No. Like just keep those those clever. This is how we're gonna close it out. CB three, are you ready? This is ready. cool. This is cool. Holly, make sure we know where to find Charlie. But before we do that, here he comes. Oh yeah, it's fly pattern bound. Black ops arch. FPB three. There's no signal on this one. There's no. It's black ops. There's a lot of alien stuff happening, Charlie. They're probably like keeping tabs. Well, on they just—it's—it is what it is, man. Do you believe, Charlie? Do you believe in the? Oh, yeah, I totally believe. Yeah. I used to. I don't. I don't believe in shit anymore, Charlie. CB three. People want to follow you. People want to. Where can we find? Where can they find Charlie Bonnet the third? Well, for those of y'all that are uh, of the old era of official websites, are you going to www us? Right. I have a www out there, which right is cb 3 musiccom and uh, tens of people find that every month. But the uh, best way is to Google me. It's Charlie with an IE, Bonnet with one T, and the Roman numeral three, and I pop up. I'm on all the Spotify's and all them kind of platforms, everything. Your swag is unmatched. Thanks, you have some of the best stuff. The coffee is amazing. Thank you. Man. Let's throw that out there. I don't know where that where that comes from, but the smell alone like yeah. keeps me awake at night. That's a uh, family-owned business out right. of Ohio. They right. import right. beans, right. and uh, they were fans. And they said, "Hey, you want to do a, a coffee?" I said, "Yeah." I, I know it's it's getting late. But as we say goodbye, Charlie, will you hang and watch a couple videos oh, with Holly, us? Yeah, yeah. With Holly, is that cool? Is he all right? No, no. Yes. CB3, yeah, thank you. Flight Pattern Bob, thank you, brother man. Excellent. Yes. Maverick Jack, Flight Pattern Bob's grandson. He kind of came That's halfway cool. through the show. Would you? Yeah. I have one request. Can we do this another time? Yo, more on that in just okay. a second. Heartland with This Is My Garage t shirt. Thank you, brother man. Heartland. Cornbread. I, uh, cornbread, I'm like, you have really grown up with this show. Like, you didn't like, you've been amazing. Like, when we've called upon you, usually you're like one of those angry old Muppets in the in the balcony just shouting shit. But you've been awesome. Like, thank you. I know, brother. Night Ranger John, I just, you have the greatest nickname ever. And I'm so glad that Holly and, and Charlie got to meet Night Ranger John. Like, Isn't wow. that the best? So here's where we're at. So, Bob, you're leaving in November. When do you come back, Bob? End of April. We have a Welcome Back Bob show that we do. Charlie, 
Holly, would you guys like to be a part of the? Yeah, there you go. Boom, and it's done. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pencil you. You know, it's cool when Night Ranger showed up. Yeah, it's kind of like when like you see a litter of kittens at your neighbor's house and like, oh, there's another one. There's another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night Ranger. This one. Charlie, appreciate your brother. Thank you for everything. Oh, and you, you need to, anything you guys need to plug as as I go along. Even if you're not out in the garage, we'll plug it here oh, at Garage Days. I just want to hang with you, man. Charlie Bonnet the third. Thank you, brother. Until the next episode of Garage Days, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.